Hi, I'm Jennifer. And I'm Matt. This podcast is your regular dose of uplifting, inspiring, and motivating life changing tips and success strategies to help you create the wealth, health, lifestyle, passion, and prosperity for your own life that you want to create. Welcome to the Prosperity Project. Welcome to episode 23 of the Prosperity Project podcast. And today we're talking about the Money Stacks method which is one of Jennifer's little systems for managing your money, isn't it? Yes, I do love a good system. And before we dive in, we felt inspired to give you quite a practical podcast this week. Before we dive in, I would like to announce the sponsor of this week's podcast. Oh, I know, how glam are we? Um, it's actually going to be sponsored by my book. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so sorry to be a self-publication. So uh, my book is called The Master Money Blueprint. You can find it on Amazon. If you look on the Amazon store, you can find it as a Kindle version version or a paperback i wrote this book over oh james it's coming up to the two-year mark in december i wrote it and published it and it's a mindset book okay so if you're looking for something that's going to teach you the high level attitudes the high level mindset switches that i want to say that really changed our life so it's going to talk about how to view money how to use money having new opportunities funds investing i'm not going to teach you how to invest i'm going to give you the high level overview and basically how to use money as a tool in your life absolutely i think it uncovers how your relationship with money should be and the things that you can explore as far as your behaviors in order to have that better relationship so it's definitely not a kind of practical hands-on this is how you do particular things with your money it's definitely more of a kind of higher level mindset piece yeah so um, it's my proud privilege to deliver it as a sponsor today matt suggested that we maybe highlight my book i'm very thankful for that so we're going to kick off today i feel i'm going to be your personal money educator so in the world right now i know as we record this where there's possibilities of another lockdown in the uk i know a lot of people through, through the past six months have maybe had quite hardships with money and sources of money and even maybe you're you're going to be looking into the future with uncertainty are you going to lose your day job are you going to lose your normal income and one of the key things i teach on the mama furfur channel is concepts systems of how to manage your money your budgeting your saving your investing so it's all on autopilot because we really really strive and i hope it comes across that money is just a tool it's a resource just the same way your time and your energy and the opportunities you have in life it should not be this one holy grail god in our life that we worship and that it dictates what we're actually going to do and so i'm going to give you in this podcast my budgeting method And it means that whatever income you have, you can apply it to your own life. And I believe it will lead you towards financial success because it will be driven on habits rather than one-off events with your money, one-off achievements. And so to kick it off, we're going to have, I'm going to explain the overview of it. The Money Stacks Method is an amalgamation of lots of different financial books out there. I've read many hundreds of books about investing and managing money and there is nothing new is under the sun, right? So I know full well that there's a lot of other systems that manage money with concepts just the same as this. This is the system that has worked for us. I've adapted it. I've added little tweaks because I felt some were missing and for us, it has consistently worked. We have paid off £24,000 worth of consumer debt. 
we are working to paying off our mortgage. We've also in the past two years, through applying some of these key principles, we have basically, you've retired from the corporate world. Absolutely, yes. We're we're debt-free, consumer debt-free. I've talked about that. We've also, with our business, we follow this model with our business. And it's really quite crazy how things are just taken off with our business like I, I I shared on my Mama Furfer channel that we made five figures one month we're actually closer to multiple five figures sometimes you know even in a short space of time which is just crazy um yeah so I really think Mama Furfer could be a six-figure business definitely within this year well the good thing about the money sex method is that wherever you are you can apply the system and you can gain benefits yes but also let's say that you're like we were when we started Mm -hmm. and being Mm -hmm. quite heavily in consumer debt well the good thing is that the habits that you put in place at that point can then flow on to when you find yourself at ground zero with no debt and then you can shift some of these things into looking at your future and looking at where you want to be moving forward Mm. or maybe splitting that money into different ways. So this money sets method is really valuable for wherever you are on your financial journey. Absolutely. And I want you to imagine in your head that whatever's coming into your funnel, into your household, one income, multiple incomes, it's a way that you go on autopilot to divide it up to the goals and the habits that matters to you. So there's six money stacks. That's the basic, but you can simplify it down to however many you want. I think six, these six give it the holistic view with money and I'll just name the six stacks that come along so we have an essential stack that we deal with with our money we have financial independence or financial freedom we have long-term savings and short-term savings we have fun money yes you actually are meant to have fun guilt-free money there's a giving stack so giving away a portion of your money and then I call it a level up personal development education there's that day tomorrow money as well so you're really thinking about all those scenarios so I'm going to talk you through each of the ones this method there is so many people that have reached out to me and said wow this was a logic change for me and my money I went from thinking there was not enough coming in to wow look what I can do with it it's a structure that I you know when in one of my videos every month I call it show me your budget so a viewer will actually give me their budget and we'll look at it this is where you start to make habits for the game changers in your life this is where you start to develop the habits consistent one percent small efforts towards paying off that debt and never getting back into it towards being mortgage free imagine if you didn't have your mortgage or your rent payment because you'd bought your house outright this is where you're actually thinking about giving to things that you believe in you can't do everything in the world but what could you actually give in terms of money to allow somebody else or a group of people to do the thing that you're passionate about they could do that with their time as well and leveling up as well so important you're not meant to be stagnant having money every single month going I'm going to really show myself what I'm capable of do things travel get that new course get that new book so we're going to cover this all and we'll kick off with the first stack which is the essentials stack of money oh the essentials that sounds pretty essential (laughs) oh don't don't mock it but yeah exactly is okay so money comes in the essentials is basically your allocation of money as a percentage that keeps the roof over your head food basic food in your table on your table so you've got full bellies and allows you to be safe and get to your work everything that is essential for survival we sometimes call this the bare bones budget i don't know if you've heard of that term matt before where it's like what is the minimum amount of money to meet minimum debt so minimum 
minimum on your mortgage, minimum on any consumer debt. And also I'm, I'm eating okay. I'm making sure that there's good quality food, not extravagant, but we're eating well. And also we've got travel. If we've got travel commitments for our work, seeing people with the children, it's the basics, okay? This is the amount of money in that essential stack that if you lost your income, you would know how much you had to find every single month so that they didn't repossess your home or kick you out. So a lot of things in these essentials, you can have a little bit of overlap into some other areas. Yes, so if you look yeah. at food, for example, then you absolutely can have a bare bones budget. But also if you do takeaways and things, then That's your, not your, food, in my your, eyes, your yeah. food budget can straddle a couple of areas. Yes. So the whole point of the essentials is to say, if you had no income coming into your house and you yes. had no savings. Yes. What would you need in order to attend your job, yes. to pay your mortgage or your rent, to pay your council tax, your utility bills yep. and everything else? Also, you have to be mindful of just because you could potentially drop some bills at a later point, mm. you need to understand what the commitment to them is today. Absolutely. So if you have a very expensive mobile phone contract, something like £60 a month, then in theory, yes, you can go and get yourself a phone contract for £10 a month or even yep. go to pay yep. and go. But if you are in a contract and you can't get out of it, then you're stuck with six. You have pounds. to include it in the essential stack, yeah. But it doesn't mean that you can't change it. And we can obviously look at stripping back. But yeah, it's bills that you have to pay today. So if you do have a car outside that is on finance, you could make a choice to give it back. Absolutely. If you're really, you know, doing a really deep dive. But the other thing is, if you need to pay, you need a car right now and you don't have any savings to get a, a car out, right? Then you need to include that in your essentials. It's basically the amount of money that allows life to survive short term, not long term, short term. Buckle down the hatches. We're in this. We're just getting through it. Okay. It does have food and petrol. As I said, it doesn't have fun money and I'll cover that later. So for me, takeaways maybe going to the cinema activities with the family technically shouldn't be in the essentials it would be what do we need to actually survive and also i think if you do exercise and you've got a gym membership again if it's under contract then it has to go in essentials absolutely yeah it's remember the essentials piece is if you didn't pay it, would someone come knocking at your door? Exactly. And if they would, then it has to go in essentials. And also, would you be able to get to work and eat and everything else? If you wouldn't, then again, that needs to go in the essentials pile. But things where maybe anything that's pay and go, yes. pretty much. Yeah. So if you like to go swimming a couple of times a week, but you pay, then that's not an essential. That's fun money. That's, yeah, we'll that's cover technically that. fun money, even though it's health and it's probably the more important part of fun money. Ultimately, it still becomes one of those choices. Yes. And if it's a choice, then it doesn't live in essentials. Absolutely. So the rough parameter that I would say, if you're looking for, oh, watch the magic number of my budget should be in essentials. I'm going to be honest, it's okay to have an essential pile that's 99% <laughs> if it needs to be right now, okay? We're just talking about, we know the amount of money we need to survive and we can give it our definition. The ideal, and I'm going to use that very loosely, a good commonplace, would be below 50%. And the reason being that you can then allocate a decent amount of money to the other pots in life. That does not mean it's gospel. That does not mean that you aim for 50% and we stop. No, actually in our life, I think when I just use my income, so I have a day job, when I do my income, I think we're closer to about 65% at the moment but obviously sometimes when we take out business money that you know tops up and changes it but talking about what is the bare essentials that we need so the good thing about the essentials piece i think although we're talking about the money stacks and the percentages that maybe you can use in different areas 
if you find that your essential stack is particularly high, yeah. then that's where you start to explore and say to yourself, well, what can I do about this? Bingo, exactly. How can I reduce this? How do I make sure that I don't have a £60 a month phone bill for myself and Absolutely. my partner? Absolutely. Maybe I don't need to buy the next phone that comes out. Maybe when my contract comes around, I hang on to my handset that I've got and I reduce my contract. Absolutely. Maybe I make a different choice about the car finance that I'm on. Maybe I make different choices about some of the debts and things that yep. I have. Yep. That's the thing. If, if you have debt then technically that goes into the essentials pile. But what would your essentials pile look like if that debt wasn't exactly. in there? Exactly. If you, if you needed financial freedom, beautiful, absolutely. So yeah, if you're not happy with your percentage, then you've got everything in your toolkit to get rid of that as much as possible. At the time we talked about car finance, we looked at, right, we were getting rid of this car finance. We hustled down every single payment. One of the greatest things, you know, our essential stack was that two wages needed to be found at one point. We had debt, we had finance, we, oh, yeah, it but was But also amazing. we had things like Sky TV and things yeah, like that. Exactly. And we decided that we weren't getting the value from them. And, and it's all of these little things where you're stuck in a contract potentially, that you look at and you say, right, when does a contract expire? Mm. And can I get either a better deal mm. or remove it entirely? So no one's suggesting that you don't have things, yep. that you don't have things that you enjoy in your life. And if you enjoy having a nice car, yep. then that's, that's fine. Absolutely fine. But if it takes you to 95% mm. of your money going on essentials, then I think you need to strip back somewhere. Yep. Um, you said 50% isn't something that's kind of set in stone or nope. a gospel nope. or, or even a holy grail. But what I would say is if the more you can have essentials whittled down, mm -hmm. the more you have for the other areas. Absolutely. So that's why I think it's a very good thing to focus on in the short term, what can you remove? And also in the long term. So maybe go to a calendar. You've got a calendar often on your phone. Maybe yep. you've got a physical one on the wall. So go and have a look at when various contracts ends that are costing you a bit of money and actually write down in the day on the calendar when they expire or maybe the week before to do something about it. Work out what you're doing next rather than go on autopilot. Yep. And then hopefully off the back of that, you can get your essentials to a place where you're happier. Absolutely. And then that leads on to the second category. So for me, there's three habits in no particular order that I would love to see in absolutely everyone's budget, regardless of their income. Whether you have £5,000 uh, a year coming in or you've got £500,000, okay? The order that I do them is financial independence. So we're actually talking about one of the so important things with your money, people, you have to build incomes where money makes money for you, that you do not rely on anyone else. And I'm going to deep dive into this, why I'm so passionate about it. The next stack, the next in the lineup is then giving. That's a really important one for me. And we'll deep dive on that as well. The fourth stack is savings. Okay. And these for me, if you did anything out of this podcast and nothing else, it would be those four setups. Make sure you know how much is the minimum amount, your bare bones budget, your essential stack, your financial independence. If you were investing towards your future, a future income in some small way, if you were giving in some small way with your money, and then if you were working towards immediate cash savings. So let me break down some of these. So first one I'm going to call out is the financial independence or financial freedom stack. This one is so important for your long-term future and your future for your family or whatever path you have in life. It's a way that you should be looking out for of a way that you could invest, send out your money, 
where it then generates more money the longer you leave it. So it's very different from savings. This is a conscious spending of money in financial assets, ideally, or investment choices where you know long term that could be an an income source for you when you choose not to work or you can't work. Because here's the thing, we're in this default where money comes to us usually from working in some form or from the government. What if that source was to stop? Complete independence here. This is where we really change the game. We're creating a way that we're buying financial assets or investments that will actually allow us to get an income while we sleep. So a lot of the information on this you can find on the Mama Furfa channel about the ways that you can invest, the different, I guess, vehicles there are for it. Um, often you find that diversified ISAs are the safest way to invest and long term they continue to grow and grow year on year. So for me as well, if you're someone who has debt, this is a critical question as well. Should I start investing whilst I have debt? Here's the balance. I think everyone should make a token payment to their investing portfolio and a token payment to their giving even while you're trying to pay off debt because the four fundamental habits. Financial independence, if you just put even one pound down today, but you consistently said, right, I'm going to keep trying to add to that every single month. When I'm debt free, it's going to be a no brainer. You've got used to investing in the stock market or your pension or an investment ISA or a help to buy ISA or a lifetime ISA, all these other ways that you're guaranteed a little bit of income on top. You've got, you've built up the muscle where you actually see that the longer you leave it, the more rewards you get. And that's why I say it's definitely the blend. If you have debt, a mortgage, high consumer debt, at least start this stack because I guarantee when you're debt free, it will be so much harder to send money out the door than it will be if you had started from the beginning. So let's talk about the giving stack, which oh, is really, This really is a trigger important. point for people. I, every time I mention it on my channel, honestly, I love the fact, now we know so many people who embrace this principle and have seen the benefit with their money. It's the trigger point. It's the one that I keep getting like, a little bit it's, of harassment it's difficult. about. It's difficult to do. I'll mm. tell you why it's difficult. It doesn't really make a difference where you are. It can be a challenge to send money out the door when you're not seeing something in return for it that's tangible. Absolutely. And, and the thing is, it's not that it stays difficult forever, mm. but it still has, I think, when you pass different milestones of giving, it can still, I guess, trigger <laughs> you in some way. Absolutely. So we gave a sum of money to a charity recently. Yes. So we are, we have been given, but this particular amount that we gave was a milestone. It was probably twice as big as we'd given to anything before in a lump it sum. It was bigger than I used to earn. Like, or it was actually close to being like a quarter of what I used to earn when I graduated, that kind of money. <laughs> so the thing is that we did that and I was comfortable. And the thing is, I actually found it harder to start giving than Jennifer did. Mm -hmm. But Jennifer was the one that had the trepidation. It's not about the fact that the money was going to be given. No. It was because the money was there allocated to be given, but it was more that it was a lump sum to one place at a particular moment in time. Mm. So the thing is giving, although you become more comfortable with it, it can definitely still make you think, oh, that's a, a good percentage of money that's going out the mm. door. But the other side is you've got to think about the good 
that it does in the world. The fact is that your money plus other people's money it's their can, cumulative do, effect. can do so many things that you as an individual couldn't do. And you know that, especially if you research your causes and you make sure that you're happy that the percentage of money that's going into it is actually going to the real cause itself mm-hmm. and not get caught up in bureaucracy and management systems and everything else. Um, and that's where you've got to be, I guess, comfortable with where it's going. Mm. But giving is really important and not just for the impact it makes but also it changes you as a person as well right absolutely so let me just qualify i'm going to assume that it's only great people that listen to our podcast so i'm just going to give the usual qualification that i always do i'm going to assume that you already give with your time to people that you love your own household with your presence and to other people as default okay i genuinely believe we have the best people listening to this podcast so we've ticked that box what you do with your time i know you're doing great stuff I want you to do great stuff with all the resources. I particularly believe giving is key to breaking the lack mindset with money. I think we grow up often with, oh, this is mine, this is mine, I've got to keep it. It's, you know, somebody's going to try and steal it for me, I'm going to try and be conned out of it. This is where you break that mindset. You change it and you say, actually, I've got enough for my essentials. Okay, I've been blessed, I've been given that. I actually have some that I can then help somebody else meet their essentials in life. That is the greatest gift that you could give someone else, a complete stranger being the answer to a prayer. And so I would really say that is one of the fundamental habits as well. You're investing in a future for you where money will come in regardless of what you can do or not. Fantastic. Giving then shows that you're doing that for someone else. So you're completing the full circle. Now, what would I say in percentages for these two categories? I'm going to be honest, being close to 10% of your take-home pay going in a pension, an investment ISA, some kind of saving where you're getting high interest, if you can allocate 10%, you're on the right road. It might even need to be closer to 20-30% the older you get and the more likely you're going to need that extra income, okay? What I would say, especially if you're my age, which is kind of the bracket of 30 to 45, do not assume the government will have a state pension for you. That is why you need to start creating these additional sources in your life because I guarantee when we get to the age of 65 or 67 or 70, whatever they do with it, it might be means tested. It might be only in extreme cases you qualify and it might not be enough to live off. I want you to be able to give up all the good things in life and focus on enjoying life. And even if there is a state pension and even if it is exactly the same as it is be a now, nice little top up, right? Then, then the great thing is that you'll have more opportunities to do things rather than Absolutely. just live your day to day. You'll be able to travel, explore, have all the nice things that you want to have and hopefully not need to downgrade on your life mm. in order to make ends meet. So that's the great thing. You're preparing for your future and the way that you want it to be. Mm. And I guess preparing for if things change within the government because mm. you can't guarantee something. But if nothing changes, then you're still on the great forward footing. Absolutely. So the percentages that I would suggest for giving, okay, this is going to be completely personal. I personally believe and we support the theory about tithing. So the number 10, 10%. It's one of the greatest wisdom that's been passed down for multiple centuries about giving back 10% or more of your gross income or your net income. We follow this principle, as Matt said, with our personal money and our business. It's actually 
we have a lot of fun with our business money, don't we, when we're kind of deciding where it should go. And so this is the thing. If it's only that you right now feel that you want to give 1% or 0.1% or 0.5%, whatever, do something, okay? Really test out this habit, test out this theory. Send it out though with the right mindset. Send it out with the mindset that you want to have. So that is, I'm going to assume you start this process with the money stacks and your money's just going to keep coming to you because you're going to be such a good manager of money that there's no way that you won't end up with more and more to manage and you'll have this system all locked down. Start with an amount that you feel comfortable right now But again, I'm going to challenge you. Could you make it a little bit closer to 10 or more of your income? If you're doing great things with all the rest, you're saving, you're investing, you're having fun, that portion could be your way of just really changing a lot of other people's lives with something that you couldn't do everything anyway. So allow your money to do great things as well. So if you don't currently give, as we mentioned, it will make you feel uncomfortable sending money out the door. It's likely to anyway. It's breaking the mindset. It's the uncomfortable mindset. But what will happen is you'll become comfortable with it and you'll feel good about it very quickly. Yep. Also, it is absolutely, it's not just about the the giving money and helping a cause piece. Mm-hmm. It's actually changing your mindset and your relationship with money of rather than clinging onto it and gripping hold of it and saying there's not enough and everything else Mm. it just changes your relationship with that money and your entire money the fact that you can say i can give away 10 percent means that you must got 90 percent though i've got 90 percent and i'm comfortable with that yes yeah that that means that i think that you feel that your money goes further than it did because you're so you're doing so well Mm. with the way that you manage your money and the way you look after yourself and your family that you can afford to give away 10%. Mm. It's, it really is an amazing thing and it is purely about mindset. And and we also, so the best guidance I can give for you about, okay, where do you send your money? This is the wisdom that I have looked into. You know, how do you decide you do a charity? I was kind of always led to believe that it should be where you feel you've got uplift or you feel that you can add inspiration in someone else's life. So that could be if you are a religious person, it could be the religious group that you fall to because your hope is then somebody else could benefit from that inspiration in their life. If there's a charity that you feel actually... I believe my money could go and do that. I'm all for that as well. I think this is very personal. Remember, the whole point about money is it's personal. Go with what you think is best right now. You can change it every single week and month if you like. But what I will say is we've learned to do this principle and we actually are more open. I love this, that we do this sometimes. we People say that you know they've got charities or causes that they're maybe doing sponsor things for. There's nothing greater than also giving in these areas on top of what you're already doing. It really shows you that you've got that amount that you've planned for plus more keeps coming in, right? It's just, it's so lovely to top up somebody's just giving page or, you know, a cause or it's a really lovely feeling as well to know that your money is not just working for you, but working for others. So we've really completed those three stacks there. And, and the thing actually about giving is sometimes you'll see maybe on Facebook, someone has a birthday and they say, rather than get me a present or something, here's my just giving page for a charity I'm supporting. Wouldn't it be nice to just go in there and you see their target of maybe 150 pounds and, and you just say, boom, done. <laughs> there you go. I've done that. It's just a wonderful feeling when you're in a position to do that. And it's not just when you're in a position to do that, it's when you choose to Absolutely. be in a position. Absolutely. So that's the thing. For some people, £150 maybe is, is way too much. 
But I would suggest that for a lot of people listening to this, you could you could find 150 pounds is probably not 10% of what you've got mm. each month coming in. And therefore you could find 150 pounds to give to a charity and drop it in one shot. Mm. No problem at all. And that's the mindset piece. Mm. It's feeling good about what you're doing. And doing everything else. And then the fourth stack we talk about was savings. So this is a combination of short and long-term savings, this stack. So that's the four main stacks in this method. And it consistently is putting aside on autopilot, just as the other three can be, putting aside at the first of the month ideally when you get paid the first thing you do is you put aside money for immediate cash savings now I call this a new opportunities fund this is the stack that if you had debt I would be also building up a new opportunities fund and throwing money at debt okay this is for changing your long-term goals and your short-term goals so if you want to buy a house it would be a portion of your money that is being saved for right now and also a home deposit if you want a new car and you can see very quickly what are the things you need money for to do short-term and long-term goals so the percentage here is very fluid and um, it can really be 10% if you want a kind of rough outline compared to the 50 10 10 10 another 10 so far I would like to say maybe even 15 20 percent on default it really is it's open to you I think you've got to take a look at the kind of things that you like to have and like to buy. So I would love to see you not spending a £60, £70 a month phone contract, mm. but actually deciding that you want a new phone every year of or years. two yeah, exactly, or three exactly. or whatever it happens Sinking to be. Funds, and yeah. therefore, what you do is you put into savings how much that phone is going to cost. So let's say you love an iPhone. It's a £1,000 every time it comes out. You probably want one every other year or to every three years depending so you divide that down and then that becomes part of your fund let's say you want a new car and you're not going to buy new you're going to buy used roughly the type of car you like costs x pounds it's going to last you a particular amount of time well then that you divide down and again that's a monthly amount also you need to allow for things this is where the savings also has things like car um, repairs Absolutely. mot's and all of these kind of regular payments that you happen to have on your house and your possessions that you make on generally an annual basis. Also stuff like um, for the females out there, you'll probably go to the hairdressers and yes, have a haircut. Do, <laughs> and unlike a guy where, actually I don't even know how much haircuts, I've not had a I haircut in a barbershop. I wanted to say barbershop. 10 pounds there, but I don't know. Is that the I don't know. The last, time I, the last time I had a haircut in somewhere that you pay for, I used to pay £5 a pop. So <laughs> that was a very, very long time ago. But for haircuts and colours and stuff like that, mm. obviously that can ramp up. And I'm guessing you don't have it monthly. No. Maybe it's every couple of months. So again, you need to divide that down. And that also goes into your short-term savings. So they're for those called kind sinking funds. That's the word you want, sinking funds. So... The thing is, although it's very easy to sit there and say, oh, I'll set this percentage. Well, potentially you could set that percentage too low. So what I would suggest you do is start off by adding up all of these things that you like to do. Um, and also, again, a lot of that can be about reducing your monthly payments. So on car insurance, you'll pay a percentage of interest, normally about 15% interest on your car payments if you make them monthly. Whereas if you make them annually, you'll save a little bit of money. And then you can just put the money by each month to kind of top it up so you're ready every year to pay it off in full. So if you work that out, that becomes whatever percentage it does. And then I think you top that up by some amount of money so that if your washing machine breaks or anything else you get 
kind of, I guess, little out there situations that you didn't plan for, you can cover those. Absolutely. Spot on. So Matt, as I said, midway through, he was describing sinking funds are called these little pots of money. The most amount of money you will save from your budget is in this stack. Okay. If you can allocate a little bit amount of money towards those annual bills that you might have been putting on default to monthly, you're going to save yourself hundreds, if not more pounds. If you every month, let's say you've got your car insurance that Matt was talking about or um, cat insurance, animal insurance, or your tax, your road tax, they're sneaky. They add on interest to that as well. If you pay monthly, I don't know if you've seen that now. Yeah, I don't think they class it as interest. I think it's more of like a convenience yeah. tax almost. Um, but yeah, when you get home insurance, it's basically any insurance that could for be sure. paid yearly. Um, things like council tax, you don't get any benefit in paying no. it yearly versus monthly. So that's up to you as to how you want to manage it. But ultimately, it ends up the same regardless. So you're probably better off sticking to monthly. Actually, the only benefit potentially on council tax is most people pay council tax over 10 months. Yep. And if you were to look at it as a sinking fund situation, you could split that over 12 months if you preferred. Absolutely. I like having the two months of no payments personally, <laughs> but pretty much everything else has some kind of premium towards it. The yeah. same as a mobile phone. If you're paying £70 a month for the latest iPhone, what you'll find is if you bought the iPhone outright and then you went to a 10, 12 pound a month contract, which gives you probably five gigs of data, unlimited calls, unlimited texts, yep. th that's going to cost you less than a 70 pound a month you would have paid over 24 months. Absolutely. So sinking funds, putting those, this is the, the stack that's really going to make or break your financial future. You could really say, I'm going to spend a good amount of time and really decide what I want to create in the future and allocate a price towards it. So if it is you want to go, you know, traveling in a couple of years time, work out a monthly amount that feels good to start saving towards that, put that in this stack. If you are debt, you know, looking to pay off debt, please do have amounts in this stack in particular. This is your deal breaker. Clothing, haircuts, all of these things that Matt talks about. This is the, the stack that is just future planning a little bit for right now and a little bit more immediate than your financial independence. And that kind of brings me on to the next two stacks. There's six in total. These two are need to be there, I think, but they're also, also with flexibility. These two stacks are your fun money. Yes, I love we are meant to have fun, fun money. money. You you spend fun money beautifully, don't you? I do. I um, Yeah, <laughs> I like a bit of fun money and I like to spend it. And I like to test the boundary. I like to test the walls of this particular <laughs> stack. Maybe I like to see whether we can expand and stretch these walls in order to squeeze a little bit more. Exactly, you always squeeze out your fun money. Fun money and then I talked about the level up, personal development, education fund. So that's the two other stacks. So a takeaway is fun money. Yeah, without question, okay? Because in my head, it's not essential. And also, I want you to have free... So let me talk about the fun money stack. This is the most critical because I got fed up of seeing budgeting strategies with no mention about... Am I meant to have fun with my money? I see money as a blessing. Like it's from doing some service or value for others. I'm going to use it for things that bring me joy. Well, the thing about a lot of the financial methods that you see, especially the ones which are really about being quite thrifty and cutting down all your outgoings and stuff, is they, they forget about the quality of life you have during the process. And ultimately, with anything, it doesn't make a difference whether it's fitness, whether it's your job, whether it's going to financial independence, whatever. If the process sucks, A, it's going to be harder to actually stick to. 
and B, you're just miserable. And also, imagine if you had a 10-year plan to financial independence and basically you have to live 10 years of suck in order to get there. <laughs> well, what if life gives you a little bit of a mischief four years in? Mm-hmm. That's like double suck. You don't <laughs> need that. So you need to have some kind of money that basically gives you quality of life. We call it fun money. Um, but you can call it quality of life or experience or whatever just it guilt-free is. Guilt-free money. It's just guilt-free <laughs> money that you allow yourself to spend and enjoy, whether that's going on trips, whether that's buying yourself random pairs of shoes, which is really for me, I like trainers, or whether it's having takeaways or whatever it happens to be. It doesn't make a difference what it is. But also what you're doing is you're setting yourself a limit. So that way, if your limit is, for example, £200 a month, then you pick and choose where you're spending it. So obviously, if you're going to have three takeaways a week, then maybe you can't quite afford that with that budget. So you've got to cut it down to two a week. But then you're not going to be able to do maybe some other bits and pieces. So the great thing is there's still structure around it. That means that you're working within some kind of boundaries. And also it means that you can set things as priorities. Absolutely. The key thing is as well, you might have noticed all these stacks should be there even if you're lousy with money. Even if you have hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of debt, even if you are renting, even if you've got student loans, you should still have some fun, guilt-free money. And the reason is, yet again, we're doing great things with our money, but money should be used to some degree in life right now. It should be the guilt-free things that light you up. It should be the things that inspire you to be better. This is your stack where if that gym membership or the app membership gives you joy, as opposed to, you know, paying off debt, you're, you're doing that already with your stacks. You're allowed to enjoy. I don't fall into the philosophy that you should eat rice and peas when you're paying off debt. I'm sorry. That's just one way to be stuck in making you feel pain and guilt for money, where there's always more money available in the world, but your quality of life is your highest concern. And so fun money is also, if you've got a family, you know, it could be going on holidays and in the fun money, it could be providing, you know, days out, giving gifts to others. It's totally your own use. And I really say that don't define that money. It should be, you've ticked all the other stacks and this is the amount of money left over. So if you have debt or you just have, you know, some things you're working through, yes, you should still have fun money without question. And that leads on to the final stack. This is the one that's the best in my eyes, the leveling up future self. It's personal. This is where we start to improve our personal economy. Okay, so what are we doing with this stack? Because it sounds a little bit vague. And I'm not quite sure what I'm leveling up. I'm not playing a video game. What's oh, happening? Don't okay, you're not playing Mario. It's your a little bit of money that you put aside every single paycheck that works on you developing. I call it your personal economy. Your skills, the person that you want to be next. So if it's the qualifications, if it's courses, if it's books, it's everything to do with you developing your skills and mindset for the next destination in life everything that's going to just set you apart from everyone else so you know even if it needs to be just five pounds or ten pounds a month while you pay off debt give yourself permission that you need to be investing in yourself so i guess this is the area where if you wanted to for example you have a youtube channel that you're just starting and you want to get to a point where you have maybe a better camera system or you want a better laptop for editing or whatever this is where you put that kind of money this is where you'd buy um, books Yes. for your own research and the, 
the interesting thing is sometimes, especially if you're working towards wanting to do something that you're going to enjoy more, you almost feel like you get a bit of a crossover <laughs> because you're spending money or you're allocating money to your future self and your own development. Mm. But that could be seen as fun. So Absolutely. potentially you're getting more from your fun money. Yeah, exactly. With, with it not actually that. technically being fun money. <laughs> but it's, it's more a specific amount of money to invest in you personally and your family. So I include things like if our sons want to do any classes or, cl- or clubs or if, you know, our son is loving books right now, there is always going to be a book budget available in my family. Absolutely. It's one of the things that he will get a love for learning and then that will keep going in life. So I'm all for. So that's that area which is all about, you know, at work, if you do want to get a qualification or your parents personal life you see yourself being an educator or a PT or playing an instrument it's everything that's developing you as a person now in terms of percentages for these last couple of stacks and those last two when you're thinking about fun money and in particular the leveling up or personal development they're right now you're changing your life with your money right now this is why it's not all about save 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 pay off debt live life right now with your money. The focus should be, in my eyes, once you've got the essentials of being about 50, then outside of financial independence and giving being about 10%, I would like you to be in control of what percentages. The easy way to do it is to just allocate 10% to every stack outside of the essential stack. That makes a clean 100%. But it is personal. Right now, you might want to give um, let's see, a little bit more than 10% or actually your fund money, you want only 5% because that's all you feel, you know, you can divide it up in different places. I actually think if you aim for the giving to be 10% mm. and the investing to be 10% and then you come to that savings piece and that savings piece is really going to be driven by, I guess, the lifestyle you like to lead, how often you have a haircut, how often you want to get the latest phone, all those kind of things. It's your life. Yeah. And, and also, again, you kind of need to balance between is a new iPhone fun money or is it savings? Or whatever. That's the, splitting but, the difference. But, yeah, but, but it's splitting the difference because ultimately, I guess, if you put, if you end up with a bigger savings pile, so let's say your savings pile ends up 20%, then you're going to have less available for the fun money, but probably some of the things that you've got in savings yeah, are, are, are kind fun, of fun money anyway. It's so therefore, loose. it's it's loose. So yeah, I think ten and ten in investing and giving, and then the number of pounds you end up with the savings pile determines that percentage, and then you've got your fun money and your future self, which you split accordingly based on what's left. Absolutely, and the great thing is with this method, you can apply it to business as well. So if you're someone who is starting starting self-employed or a side hustle the best thing you can do with your money is then apply this to your business as well if you set aside 10% to give you can give to other things charities it can be tax-free so that's one thing you can put on your tax assessment the other thing is essentials is paying yourself you absolutely need to be paying yourself every single month so that needs to be your your essential focus and the other stacks such as development the development of your company maybe outsourcing fun money can be investing in your business or investing in courses for you very quickly you see that this method is not just personal money but a business could start thriving with it as well so you know you could have savings so that 
unlike a lot of businesses right now that have gone under because they haven't had any cash flow to support them, your business could last a potential little shortage of sources of customers. You could actually have that savings pot built up within your business. That means you can invest in something bigger or just hold it back to ensure you get paid for a couple of months. So by all means, I want you to test this theory. For us, it's been a really holistic way to view money and it's changed our life. It's changed also countless of other people's lives. They've got out of debt. They've started investing. They've started giving money as well. All the habits that they wanted to change the world and change their own life down the line. So I really hope today, if you do fancy deep diving into this method a little bit more, please do check out my Mama Fur for YouTube channel. Every month I talk about this method with a viewer's budget and I show you how to apply it. So that's really key. Another thing is one of our products on my Etsy store. So if you type Mama Fur for into Etsy, you'll find the autopilot money system. It's a spreadsheet with about nine or 10 tabs, different things in it, net worth, financial freedom, paying off debt, budgeting. It's your game plan for actually applying this and making good things happen with your money. And the other thing is if you do fancy the sponsor of today's show, the Master Money Blueprint, have a look on Amazon, find my book, and I'm going to give you not methods to apply the money stacks, but methods in the mindset behind this, what led to the creation of it. So if you have enjoyed this particular podcast or you like us in general, then why not give us a five-star review for this particular podcast, (laughs) share it with some other people so they can also gain the knowledge and experience that you have and also subscribe so you keep catching this episode, future episodes that keep coming out. Absolutely. And this is episode 23. So we have actually got 22 other episodes that you can have a binge listen to when you're out walking the dog, out on your jog, whatever you fancy. So thank you so much for listening today. We'll speak to you very soon.